Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In the late 80s, I was in my early 20s, and two friends and I went camping with my new RV in Central Florida. Two of us were working for the park service at that time, so we were able to RV camp and park for free in other parks in the state. Both of us had done a lot of camping before. Me, I grew up camping with my family on every single vacation, all over the state. 
For the other friend with us, this was her first camping trip ever. We were camping in the youth area, which was empty that weekend and was quieter and more isolated than the regular campsites. Later in the afternoon on the second day of our trip, we were all sort of spread out in the area of the campsite, being within shouting distance but enjoying a little solitude. I was collecting firewood. Every now and then I'd kind of feel like someone was watching me. I'd look around, see and hear nothing, and then shrug it off and go back to what I was doing. Later on around sunset, we had the bonfire started. One of the rangers who lived on site about a quarter mile away came over with a truckload of firewood and a six-pack of beer. We all sat around talking for a while. Well after dark, we could suddenly hear what was probably a bunch of teenagers fooling around on one of the trails a couple miles away. Since the trails were closed at sunset, the ranger and my co-worker drove off to shoot them back to their campsites. My other friend and I were just relaxing around the fire, talking a little, mostly enjoying the night and the peace and quiet. All of a sudden I had a cold chill go over me, the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and out of nowhere I was terrified. I tried to ignore it, but it kept building. I didn't say anything to my friend, I didn't want to scare her. Then I glanced over at her just as she glanced at me, and she said, do you feel that? I said, yeah, I think maybe we'd better go to the car. We both felt like we were in deadly danger, but no idea from what. We started walking at a casual pace, not wanting to appear scared, then halfway to the car we looked at each other again and simultaneously broke into a dead run. We reached the car, jumped in and locked the doors, and turned on the headlights. I sat there with my pistol, feeling like it was totally inadequate for whatever was out there. We both just sat looking straight ahead, we were afraid to look around. I had the feeling at one point that if I turned my head and looked out the window, I'd see something that would drive me insane. I don't know how long we sat there. It was probably just a few minutes, but it felt like forever. Then it just left. We could actually feel it going away. A few minutes after that, the other two came back in the truck. We kind of laughed it off afterward. But I'll tell you, I've never been that scared before or since. I've faced a lot in my life and nothing has so completely terrified me like that. I don't know what it was, but I'm still convinced we were in terrible danger. Twenty-five years ago or so. Saw eyes in the darkness of the trees when shining a flashlight out. Seemed kinda high up. They were red reflecting. Also was having sticks and rocks occasionally thrown into our camp. Nothing big and it was directed at the fire. Eventually it stopped and we went to bed. There was four of us. I'm a light sleeper and so is my dad. We both woke up to footsteps and a really bad stink about 5 am. My dad shook the side of the tent and yelled get the F.O. to hear whatever it was it ran off. Cowlitz Country Washington. I went camping with my RV by myself way out in the middle of nowhere in north-central Pennsylvania. Drove on dirt forest service roads for over an hour and then hiked about six miles in on a barely recognizable trail. There were no signs anyone had been in the area recently. The trail was almost completely overgrown, no footprints, 
spider web everywhere, etc. I didn't really have a planned stopping point, I was just looking for a nice place to camp, but the trail followed a creek in a valley and was very rocky and not flat. As the sun is starting to set, I came upon a fork in the creek, with a nice flat spot just on the other side. As I got closer, I saw all sorts of stuff laying about. I crossed the creek and started looking around. There was a tarp on the ground by a stone fire ring, a log about a foot in diameter that had been chopped with an axe. A little bit away I found the entire contents of what you would imagine to find in a hiker's backpack, food, cooking set, camping pad, first aid kit, etc. all strewn about on the ground, but no backpack in sight. There was a pile of clothes down by the creek that looked like it had sat through the last rain, which was the day prior, and a towel hanging from a tree. There was an area that had clearly been used as a toilet, for maybe 10 to 14 days based on the amount of toilet paper piles. The strangest thing though, was this cage about 4 foot square, made out of saplings tied together. It was framed where the edges of a cube would be, and then had crossbars diagonally on each face. But it wouldn't have kept anything inside because of how much open space there was, and obviously wouldn't have been very sturdy since it was only made from saplings. I ended up deciding to set up camp there because it was nearly dark and I didn't really have much choice unless I wanted to hike out in the dark on an unrecognizable trail. I had a 12-inch knife on me and I kept the thing in one hand the whole time I was there, thinking some crazy guy was gonna jump out and try to eat me. All night I barely slept and kept thinking I was hearing things, and then as soon as the sun came up I packed up and got the F out of there. Everything turned out fine, no crazy cannibals or anything, but it still really bugs me because I don't know what that stupid wooden cube frame cage thing was. I called the forest service for the area and told them about it, even sent them pictures. They said they'd send a ranger in to check it out and clean it up, but I never followed up to see if they figured out what it was. The ranger on the phone told me it was probably either someone with a still nearby, someone growing pot, or just some loner living out in the woods. I roamed up the sides of the valley before I set up camp and didn't see anything. A still seems unlikely because of how far you would have to carry equipment in, and the area isn't really great for growing pot. So maybe it was just some guy living out in the woods. But why the cage? If there's any interest I can probably find the pictures. Oh yeah and last year I was camping out in Colorado and woke up at about 2am to a pack of coyotes running through my camp howling. Sounded like at least 20 of them. My dog was asleep next to me the entire time. Probably best he didn't wake up though, he would have gone nuts, and I'm told coyotes are much bolder in packs. A real dogman attacked my neighbor's dog on April 4, 2018. I came back from work around midnight, like most nights. I sat down on my back porch, lit a cigarette, and relaxed. However, unlike most nights, I heard something new. I am used to chaos and my neighbor's dogs barking, but in this case, I heard something different. It sounded like a deep hell, but instead of the usual dog sound, it stayed as one tone, and it was octaves deeper. I heard it go from backyard to backyard, and the neighbor's dogs took notice. The dog's barking triggered one of my dogs to run out to the fence line, 
and she began to bark at something unseen. I got up and told her, hey, come back in, girl. It's okay. She turned to me and sat there, utterly frozen in fear. It took a few moments to break her out of this, and she bolted to the back door. I decided to poke my head out of the gate and look into the field behind the fence by the tree line. I saw these amber-colored eyes standing about five feet above the ground. I decided to run in, took up my knife, and ran out in the direction of the eyes. The whole time I walked, I heard the house, however, when I got close to where I initially saw these eyes, every sound stopped. You could literally hear a pin drop. Where I didn't see anything, I felt the presence of something watching me, some sort of alpha predator that I didn't know about. After a few moments, I walked back to the porch, sat, and had another smoke. It was then that the noise started again, but this time from my neighbor's backyard. They have two shepherds, and I will never forget this sound. I first heard this guttural growl noise unlike anything I've heard before. Then one of the shepherds shrieked, and then I heard the other get slammed against the fence. One thing led to another, and I heard my neighbor fire off around and then I heard this thing trail off. The next encounter was just three nights ago. I heard the noise start again, but this time I heard it making its way through the tree line behind the back lot of my house. I heard the thumping of its feet, and branches were snapping. My instincts kicked in to get cover, so I shut off the back porch light and allowed my eyes to get adjusted. There was enough light to clearly see the opening in the tree line that's about two of me wide and about nine plus feet tall. I watched in the direction where the noises were coming from, and all of a sudden, I saw it stand up. I first saw the ears, tall and sharp like knives. I then saw its head, followed by its broad shoulders and long arms. It stood there watching me for what seemed like forever until it turned and ducked down a little, taking massive strides on two legs to walk off. Because of this, I've been conducting an investigation on this thing. I learned there was an encounter in Firestone County not very far from me. I hope to get reasonable evidence to show you all soon. I was hunting elk by myself in the Desolation Hunting Unit. I headed into the mountains on what I know as the Desolation Creek Road. Several miles up, a bridge crosses the creek. At this point, I headed toward Desolation Butte, but as daylight was running low, I pulled over in a wide spot and set up my backpacking tent. I ate a cold meal and climbed into my sleeping bag. Lighting my lantern, I left it just outside and read for quite some time with my head slightly out of the entrance. At some point, I fell asleep, dozing for several hours. Sometime between 2 to 3, I was jolted awake, the lantern still burning. I found myself questioning what had awakened me when a piercing scream, yell, or whatever you want to call it reverberated in the timber. I doused the lantern as it made it so that I could not see, blinded by the light, as it were. At this point, it happened again. I grabbed my 357 and strained my eyes attempting to see what the noise maker looked like. My thought has always been that maybe it was a Bigfoot, as I have heard cougars, elk, bears, and all manner of critters, and this didn't sound like any of them. I joined your site not long ago, and upon listening to your sound files, holy crap, that was what I heard. 
I fired the lantern up and proceeded to stand sentry in my tent and bag with the 357 at the ready but only heard it a couple more times at diminishing volume as though it was on the move. Eventually, I fell back asleep, awaking to dawn's early light, as they say. With the light of day, thoughts soon turned to elk hunting, and I pretty much forgot about the earlier ruckus. I drove off toward Desolation Butte but found myself distracted by Kelsey Meadows. I followed game trails out to the base of Kelsey Butte and followed an old closed logging road that curled around the butte. At some point, I became acutely aware of a total lack of any sound, it was really creepy. Then, the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I got the feeling that I was being watched. At this point, the early morning ruckus came back to mind with a vengeance, and I got the hell out of there. I covered a good three miles in record time, I may have just been hypersensitized, but who knows. I figured any details that might help. While riding our bicycles on the outskirts of town, we took an old side road but ran into a deep puddle. We stopped there, fearing a cold, wet, muddy trip home if we dared to ride on through. Suddenly, a break in the clouds let a beam of light reach the forest floor in a second growth forest approximately 40 years old, which illuminated the creature. It turned and walked up the ruts in the road that were 8 inches deep, 10 inches wide, and had water flowing down towards us. When it was out of sight, we regained the ability to move. I don't think either of us could have run if it came at us. We never felt danger, but the fear was so overwhelming it affected my sleeping habits for years, causing me to sneak into my sister's closet in the middle of the house. The four of us boys shared a room that had a rectangular window at my eye level on the top bunk. This happened long ago, and I'm posting partly so that myself and others in the area, whom I've just read about on here since I found this site, won't feel like freaks. But I remember it like it was yesterday, and I always will. My friend Greg's dad lived in a very nice, newer, at the time, house at the end of a cul-de-sac in Damascus. Myself, my friend Greg, and two other friends spent the night there when we were all in our early teens, 13, 14. We were not good kids, and as we started to party, his dad was away, Greg, laughing, told us we should go call for the OE monster. Apparently, kids in the area, or just Greg, knew about something they called the OE monster that lived in the woods to the north that could often be heard making a sound or yell like, well, OE. Anyway, his dad's house had a huge deck on the back, north, side of the house, overlooking the large grass backyard that was bordered on the end and on the right by woods. So, we took our beers and stood on the deck, taking turns yelling OE out into the woods, laughing and joking. We started just pre-dusk, and after about half an hour, Greg started pointing and laughing, saying, see, I told you guys. About 50 feet out, standing right on the edge of the woods on the right side of the yard, was a short, about 5 to 5 half feet, white or gray shape slowly swaying from side to side. We all leaned out over the deck to get a better look, and at first, I didn't see it but did within about two minutes. My other two friends were pointing and getting kind of freaked out. 
They sobered up pretty quickly. I felt a rush like no other, and everything is imprinted in my memory vividly. Greg was still laughing and started yelling O.E. some more. The thing made some sounds, almost like an inquisitive cat, P.R.R.R. But more like O? Kind of softly. After about 10 minutes, Greg thought that we should go try to see it closer and started trying to slowly walk down the steps to the yard, while drunk. After a minute of hesitation, we followed, though I was kinda scared. But we lost sight of it as we went down the steps, and when we got to the yard, it wasn't there anymore. We ran to where it had been, and we thought we heard some brush crashing in the woods, or at least I did. Greg acted as if he wanted to go into the woods after it, but none of us were going to, so I think he was secretly relieved. The next morning, the first thing we did was go to where it had been standing. There were a few gopher mounds around, and right in the middle of the loose dirt of a gopher mound was a bare footprint, really wide, we didn't measure it. I would estimate the print to be about 7 foot 8 long and almost just as wide right under the toes. There were four distinct toe prints, clear as day, while the little toe seemed to have not been in the dirt of the mound but on the grass. The depth was deepest around the base of the toes or ball of the foot, maybe one quarter in the thickest part of the dirt, tapering to maybe one eight by the heel, which was close to the grass. We went into the woods right at that spot and followed a little trail to a small stream that ran along parallel to the yard about 20 to 30 yards into the woods. While we thought we saw many things like imprints, broken branches, etc., we didn't see anything more that was clearly from the night before. I had a crazy encounter with an Alamo ghost. In 2019, I went to the Crockett Hotel in the middle of San Antonio. This sounds like a fake story but bear with me. I was lying on the tiny mattress the hotel had with my mom or my dad. The mattresses are very uncomfortable. The room was really dark. The only illumination in the room was the lights from the city flashing through the window which wasn't bright at all. Everyone in the room was asleep except me because my parents didn't tell us it was haunted, but I knew because I was a big ghost enthusiast. I was still a kid so I was scared staring at the lit wall attempting to actually close my eyes and sleep. Until I heard a gurgling sound. Not like a mouthwash gurgling. Like you have blood in your lungs and throat type of gurgling. This gurgling was on and off for about 30 minutes. Nobody in the room was snoring. It was like 3.45 when I checked my watch. The gurgling sound wouldn't last for more than 3 minutes until it stopped. After like 3 more rounds of that sound I started to see some kind of smoky figure in the corner next to the door. I couldn't make it out because it was too dark to see it. I believe what I saw that night, or early morning, was one of Travis soldiers choking on his own blood. I thought I was hallucinating all of the smoke but it's vivid now that I'm thinking back to it. I woke up the next morning feeling sick to my stomach. This was one of the scariest experiences if ever lived. If you like paranormal activity I highly recommend staying a night there. I've lived in many haunted houses, each with its own experiences and stories but for the most part human in nature. This was the first time I experienced something I would call inhuman. 
My dad was in the US Army then and had been stationed at a base in South Carolina. He found a house for rent and showed us pictures of it. It was a single story at the end of a roundabout, in the middle of the woods. You could see the other house off in the distance through the trees. I looked at the pictures, and whenever I looked at the pictures of the outside, a voice in my head would start screaming at me it's in the woods. It's in the woods. Nothing on the inside, just the outside. When we got there, as we were unpacking, a cop pulled up. Never got out of the car, but talked to my mom through the window about how he knew the previous owners, and just wanted to check on things. Never saw the cop again. Whenever I would go outside, I would get the sensation that something was hiding in the tree line, and it wanted me to follow it. I felt like it was trying to be playful and mischievous. I would also see figures walking by the windows and hear scratching from outside. One night, I woke up hearing something moving around outside, I went to look outside, peeking through the blinds. I saw something crouching in front of the window, if it was standing, it would be on two legs and seven feet tall, giving I could see the silhouette of shoulders and knees, and covered in fur. I was freaked out. Days later, my parents had taken my brother to the airport, and I was home alone. I was doing laundry and saw my room was brighter than normal. I figured I left my bedside lamp on, so I went to turn it off. I stood in my doorway and saw my lamp was off. Looking up, my ceiling light was on, which had never worked since we moved in. I texted my mom, asking if she had the light fixed, and she said no. Eventually, I left for army basic training, but my mom kept me up to date on what was going on. She said she was hearing the scratches and noise. One night, she was talking to my dad by the door, and said they both heard someone run up on the porch and rattle the door handle. My dad whipped open the door, but nothing was there. We never got answers to what was in the woods or house, but it was my first experience with an inhuman entity. I've had a sort of men in black experience. I was somewhere around 15 and it was probably February, so small bits of snow came down. I live in northern Arizona, so at the time, I had rarely seen snow. This snowfall was so few that it usually melted before it hit the ground, but it was crazy that it was snowing. Because of this, I was shocked to see a huge clump of it sitting in a pile perfectly on the patio wall of my neighbor. I then saw a group of maybe six or seven MIB sort of people come from around the corner. They all almost looked exactly the same. They all wore black suits, but only a few had black fedora hats. The ones who didn't were bald. Their skin was kind of grayish tone. Everyone had sunglasses, and one of them was super tall but with paler skin. He could have easily been seven feet tall. He wore no hat either. They talked to my neighbor for a little bit and the conversation seemed normal. Nothing weird happened. When she went back into the house, one of the men took a handful of the snow and put it in his suit pocket. They then disappeared around the corner. What the hell were they gonna do with a glob of snow? Have you ever heard of anything like this? This was back in 1997. I live in a suburb of Pensacola, Florida. One night in 2015, 
I was in bed at around 11 p.m., and it was entirely dark outside. My bed is in the corner of my room, and it faces two medium-sized windows, I always keep the blinds up when I sleep. From my position lying down, I can't really see anything outside except the tops of the houses that are behind mine and the dark sky. So I'm lying there when all of a sudden everything outside the windows turns red. I'm talking about the entire sky as if it is on fire. Everything in the world is red. And it's so bright that it shines into the window and causes my entire room to seem red as well. I was so shocked by this that my body sort of just froze and I was scared to breathe or move. I think the red state lasted for around 10 seconds before it disappeared entirely and everything was back to normal. I was so scared not knowing what it was that I just lay there unmoving. I wiped at my eyes, afraid that maybe a vein had popped in my eye and it was blood in my eyes that caused everything to look red, I'm not sure how that even works, but everything was fine. I wasn't keeping track of time, but I'd say maybe 5 or 10 minutes passed before it happened again. Once again, it looked like the entire world had gone red. Of course, I was frozen and I just waited for it to pass. It lasted less than 10 seconds and then disappeared again. This time I took action, and I leapt out of bed and towards the windows. I looked down at the ground, up at the sky, into the houses across my backyard, into the distance, but there was nothing. Everything seemed in place and normal. I called for my downstairs parents and they came running into my room. I told them what I had encountered, and we all continued looking outside the windows to see what could have been the cause. Of course, we couldn't find anything, so we just all decided to go to bed. Before I went back to bed, I went to the washroom just to check my eyes for any abnormalities, but as I suspected, it was all normal. So I go to bed, and lay awake for a few more hours, wondering if it would happen again. It didn't. In the days, weeks, and months following that extremely strange occurrence, I speculated what could have caused it. Could it have been a car's red lights? That wouldn't be possible, since I was on the second floor and there was no way the car lights could angle upwards like that. Also, my room had two windows, separated by two meters. How could the lights have gone through both? And it was impossible for it to literally be so intense that the entire sky, the air, everything had been lit up in red. I truly don't believe any known contraption or instance could have caused this red occurrence. It was literally as if the whole world had gone red. A world on fire. To this day, I still ponder what exactly happened that night. Could it have been extraterrestrial? A breach into another dimension? I really have no clue. Has anyone else had an experience like this? Please let me know. It was in late 1991. I was solo hunting midweek in the north section of Camp Blanding Wildlife Management Area, here in North Florida. It is better than 60,000 acres separated by a large state road. The main function of the area is a National Guard base which was a POW camp during World War II for captured German prisoners. This part of the state is lightly populated by Florida standards. Like I said I was solo hunting midweek as I did often in my early 20s. It is a cold clear windy day here and the temperature is around 40 degrees Fahrenheit the wind had been blowing hard all week, 
But I went out to my favorite spot like I always did. I found a blown down large oak tree that had a large branch that formed a natural armchair style seat about 15 feet off the ground. I'd been using it to watch over a natural boundary between a pine grove and an oak ridge. This boundary was essentially a large deer trail and an excellent ambush point. I climbed up the tree and nestled into my spot just after lunchtime intending to sit until dark. Once I climbed up I took my orange vest off and wrapped it around the tree above my head. I did this because it would catch on the limb and restrict any movement. Not long after sitting there, I realized the wind was swirling around me and success was not very likely deer-wise. I decided to stay put and proceed to nap on and off and relax. An hour or so later I was roused by loud shuffling and rustling in the oak leaves way up to my left. I perked up and listened intently as the noise grew louder and louder. I could see better than 100 yards through the scrub oaks and large pines in all directions, so I knew it was truly a loud sound. I spotted movement off to my left. I could just see something passing through the lighted gaps moving from my left to the right about at the limits of my vision. My custom 308 was lying on my leg and I lifted it to my eye to try to get a glimpse of whatever was causing all the racket. The wind was blowing and it was making enough noise for me to hear it crashing along above the constant rustle of the leaves. The noise stopped abruptly and I noticed something looking at me around an oak tree. I arranged myself to get a look at it through my scope and it appeared to be just a greenish-gray blob resembling Spanish moss. I continued to watch it and appeared to be moving from tree to tree playing a game of hide-and-seek with me, all the while moving across my horizon. When it got to about there for better than 5 minutes not move out my crosshair on it the whole time. I honestly thought of shooting. It never crossed my mind I had never felt fear in the woods until that second. No matter what was watching me it had to know that I was aiming at it. I tried and tried to rationalize what I was looking at. I was truly unnerved and decided to slide down the tree and get my butt back to my car. I was parked about a mile away and walked backward the whole way. I've shared this account with select friends over the years and never received any ridicule or doubt from them as I'm a no BS kind of guy. There used to be a really nappy white-haired homeless guy who lived in the woods all over our small town. We were young and called him Scabby Nabby. Even though our town is small, it is spread out across many miles of woods and farmland. We would see old Scabby everywhere. My girlfriends and I would spend our days riding horses in the woods. One day, we came up on Scabby Nabby squatting in the bushes. When he jumped up, I don't know who spooked worse our horses or us. We started screaming about Bigfoot and Skunk Ape. Needless to say the horses had already turned tail and ran. Scared the ever-living shit out of us. We came to the conclusion that he was probably taking a dump and we rode up on him. LOL. I'm a hunter, I like to hunt wild boar specifically. Though I have been deer hunting and have been known to get a turkey for Thanksgiving I mostly hunt boar. For those of you that don't know, boar are a big problem in the United States. A sow can have two litters a year and it's not uncommon for a litter to consist of 10 or more pigs. 
Given that pigs eat anything and everything it's not hard to see why the Department of Fish and Wildlife makes it legal to hunt them with almost no restrictions. In my state it's illegal to hunt most large mammals with night or thermal vision scopes, with the exception of boar and coyote. I've been saving for a year, mostly fun money. It's hard to explain to your wife that a scope that costs literally twice as much as the rifle I was mounting it on was worth it. But I did it, I took it to a range and sighted it in. There was an area that was peppered with boar activity that I knew would be perfect for a night hunt. It was easily accessible with my truck with easy to find spots that I could set up and that overlooked a large easy to navigate clearing. The night started uneventful, mostly me tinkering with my new toy, cycling through the settings. I was a little impatient, I'd spotted multiple deer but they were out of season and like I mentioned earlier, my current setup wasn't legal. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new custom spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. For deer, I moved to another spot I'd seen days earlier that probably wasn't much better than my first, but it gave me something to do and a new angle to look around with my new scope. After an hour or so of glassing the area it dawned on me. This spot doesn't have much animal activity at all, no rabbit or owls, the deer that I'd seen were hundreds of yards from where I was. Why was this pocket of land so dead at night but lively in the day? I'd set up around 10pm and it was about 2am when I started to think about packing up, maybe setting up a target before I left and taking some practice shots. I heard a crunch come from the direction I came from before. I panned my scope over and saw the silhouette of a small bear pushing through the bushes. It's important to note that my scope isn't exactly night vision. It's a thermal scope, kind of like a black and white version of what you see in the Predator movies. I adjusted my range and zoomed in a little. I remember jolting a little when I saw that it wasn't really a bear, it was a man. Because he was so low and hunched over I thought I was looking at a young bear. Is that a game warden? It couldn't be, I would have seen the headlights coming up the road from where I was perched. And where could he have walked from? I was 30 miles away from anything and on public lands. I was about to call out when I adjusted my sights and noticed, he was naked. No shoes, pants or anything. I remember being disturbed by his movements like a squirrel or something. Twitchy and grabbing at the foliage, sniffing around and palming the tree. Was that my tree? The one I'd been leaning against earlier? The thought terrified me, could he smell me? Then he did something I still have nightmares about today. He squatted and placed his hands in the dirt between his feet and stared straight up like a dog mid-howl. And I heard it, a voice coming from that direction, a very compelling female voice. Help. I'm lost. There was a long pause but neither of us moved a muscle. The center of my sights was trained at the dirt in front of his feet, I couldn't bring myself to aim directly at another person, it went against everything I'd been taught about firearms. Were they lost? 
Was this some guy that had gone crazy out here? Why was his voice so feminine? Help. Please. I can't walk. The voice called out. That's when I called bullshit. Not only could he walk, when I first saw him he was traversing the land with ease for a naked person. So good I mistook him for a bear. That's a trap. This guy is trying to lure me to him with a damsel in distress routine. Luckily the lack of activity before had caused me to pack up most of my gear. I think I may have left behind a hat and a sitting pad but I didn't give a shit in that moment. I took my eyes off him for a moment to get my pack on. I buckled my chest strap and scrambled for my rifle. To my horror, he was in the same position but his face was staring in my direction and I swear I saw a smile. The thermal scope has an effect that makes animals' eyes appear white. How the hell had he heard me get up and put my gear on? He must have easily been 150 yards away. F off. I screamed in that direction. He stood upright and it hit me how tall and skinny he was. Easily 6 feet and very lean. He took a couple of long strides in my direction and I instinctively sent a round sailing above his head into the tree line. He was freaky as hell but he hadn't really threatened me, what would I tell the cops? I was unwilling and unready to shoot someone. He stopped dead in his tracks and hunched down on all fours. The next one will F you up. Go away. He stayed on all fours and this time I had my sights trained on the center of him. His eyes were just above the grass like a large cat or something. I was trying to stop my trembling and knew that my voice had cracked a little on that last warning. I was terrified, that standoff probably only lasted a minute or two, maybe less, but it felt like forever. In an instant he bolted left towards the tree line opposite the road. So much for not being able to walk, I could barely keep him in my scope he was moving so fast. He disappeared into the brush and I sent another bullet sailing high in his direction. I racked another round and tried to pocket that mag and swap for a fresh one but I dropped it and didn't bother looking for it. I wasn't far from my truck and I wanted to get out of there. I could hear him in the distance, yelling in this weird sound that could have been a laugh or a cry. I scrambled up the trail and arrived at my truck breathless. I tossed my gear into the cab but kept the rifle in the passenger seat and sped off. For the longest time I told that story from the perspective of having spotted some deranged crackhead living off the land like some kind of caveman. I reported it to Fish and Game but all they did was scold me for hunting at night alone, never received an update. It wasn't until I told this story at a camping trip that my nephew told me about wendigos, rakes, and skinwalkers. My story scared the piss out of him because the spot we were camping was technically the same forest I'd seen the bastard. Just 50 miles east of it. He was so spooked his mom, my cousin, had to take him home. She was really pissed. I've gone down the rabbit hole one these scary stories, I'm not saying what I saw definitely was a wendigo or a skinwalker. I'm saying that if such a thing exists, I may have dodged quite the bullet that night. Or maybe it was just a tweaker being Donnie Thornberry in the middle of the night. Either way, thought I'd share. Pyramid Lake in Nevada has always rewarded me with creepy otherworldly experiences. It's a massive high desert ancient lake that has a mystical atmosphere. 
On one trip me and my friend Katie took her truck with a cab off-road to camp. We slept in the back of the truck cab, the kind with slide windows, with a half moon overhead on the northwest side of the lake. I fell asleep fast and had the most realistic nightmare of my life. This is what happened. There I was in the back of the truck. The moon had shifted to the window I was sleeping by and I was awakened, in the dream, by a rustling in the brush. Somehow the tailgate was down and the cab was open. A man appeared at the foot of the tailgate. His hair was matted and deadlocked, he was clothed in thick scraps of fur almost like a robe, he had a thick beard and was totally unshaven, he was hunched over and dark with filth. His eyes bulged with madness. I was paralyzed in fear. He reached under his furs and pulled out a huge dirty hunting knife. He started to furiously stab my feet and lower legs. That's when my friend shook me awake I was screaming in my sleep. I was so relieved it was a nightmare. I looked out the window by my side of the bed and the moon was in the same exact location as in my dream. I was filled with a sense we were not alone and convinced my friend to stay up until the sunrise with me. It was such a surreal experience. I felt like I was being visited by a crazed madman that lived in the caves of the desert 100 or more years ago. That feeling of being watched stayed with me on that trip until we left. Yes. I was hiking with a friend in Matheson State Park in Illinois. Matheson is next to Starved Rock State Park, and both parks are pretty well known for some violent crimes that have taken place there. So we are the only people in the park, like only car in the parking lot and are hiking through a narrow valley with water running down the middle. Up ahead we see a man come out of the woods on our side of the water just ahead of us wearing nothing but underwear. He saw us and went back into the trees. Logically, he was probably a homeless guy camping or maybe having sex with persons unknown, but because of the notoriety of the place it scared the crap out of us. We turned around and went back the way we came, got to our car and got the hell out of there. I went solo camping near Black Canyon Campground by Haber, Arizona, with just my dog, Zara, for a day or night trip. I discovered a small family cemetery about 1,000 feet from my campsite, which I visited. It was kind of creepy, especially once the sun went down. Keep in mind that I didn't see any other campers within about a mile from where I was tent camping. I've camped many times before and am used to hearing typical insect or random creature noises throughout the night, but this night was especially dead silent. Nothing of interest really happened until after I had fallen asleep and was woken up to my dog growling and barking. Waking up from a deep sleep to her bark, I wasn't fully aware of what was going on at first until I heard the sound of two footsteps about 5 to 10 feet away from my tent. I froze in fear and my dog barked a second time. Again, I heard two more footsteps, and then it went silent again. The footsteps sounded heavy enough to be a person but not heavy enough to be a horse or a larger animal. Also, I got the distinct feeling that whatever it was outside, it was trying to stay quiet while moving around. I sat in the tent for about 5 minutes but never heard the footsteps or any other noises for that matter. 
I left the tent slowly and walked around the area with a flashlight and my Glock but found nothing. The strangest thing was that at no point did I hear anything leave the area. I debated for about 15 minutes whether I should pack up everything and leave for home, but instead, I got back into the tent and laid there with my dog and my pistol for another 30 minutes, just listening for anything else to happen. I didn't hear anything else and eventually fell asleep. I also had a trail cam set up on a tree facing my tent, but unfortunately, it was pointed in a different direction from where the noises were coming. It could have been an animal, but it sure didn't seem like it in the moment. When I was about 13 years old I backpacked through Dark Canyon with my cousins and their boy scout troop. Gorgeous hike by the way that night my uncle told us a story about several sightings in the 1800s of a monster they called the Dark Canyon Screamer. My uncle isn't really the type to tell a pure bullshit story he pulled out his ass cause he explained it to us more like he was presenting a powerpoint rather than a campfire story. He's a doctor and a nerd lol said there were four journal accounts from four different people describing a giant black-haired ape Bigfoot type creature that would make an ear-piercing screech. One account from a pioneer wrote about traveling through the canyon with a small caravan. They heard a shriek echo through the canyon looked up and saw the dark canyon screamer roll a boulder towards the caravan from atop a cliff in an attempt to crush them but missed them and then ran off. I don't know it's a little fuzzy but I've scoured the internet for anything on the Dark Canyon Screamer but found nothing. Maybe my uncle is just full of shit but several of the other boys round the campfire knew the story already so it must just be a really local thing. Maybe someone here knows? For context, I live in a small town in the mountains of Pennsylvania. So the night sky is usually very clear and filled with stars. On my way to work this morning, around 4.30, I was driving down the road and happened to see what I thought was a shooting star through my windshield. It was brighter than any of the other stars, which I found a little weird. Even weirder was when it suddenly stopped and dropped straight down, and its lights vanished. Not really that interesting, but I personally don't know of many stars that do that and I was wondering if anyone had any thoughts. Okay. So I never believed in cryptids ever, and my sister, 22 female, and I, 19 female, like to joke about it a lot when we hang out outside at night, which is almost every night. Tonight we sat on the porch rather than our chairs by the woods because we wanted to admire the Christmas lights we just put up. Mind you, we live almost in the middle of nowhere surrounded by woods. We know what our neighbor's donkeys, cows, dogs, roosters, and any other animal normally sounds like. We've even had our fair share of run-ins with screaming foxes. That's why it was horrifying when tonight, at 3 a.m., we heard a roar or scream from the woods only like 50 to 100 feet away from us. Clear as day. Hardly any echo. We ran straight inside and locked the doors. No one around us or in our family were awake or young enough to think that would be a fun prank. We don't know how to feel. We tried thinking of every animal around and none are known for making that noise. What do we do? What animal could do that?
I was reading scary stories on Reddit and was reminded of this, so I wanted to share. Earlier this year, I, 23 female, briefly lived with my family in southern Maine, a beach town kind of suburban area. One night, around midnight, I was standing with my brother, 20 male, in the driveway. No neighbors were awake, and there was no activity in the area. We were literally just standing and talking when we heard a weird noise coming from the trees. We hadn't really heard anything like it before, but we wrote it off as being a bird or something. We kept talking, trying to ignore it, and then we heard something call my name. It didn't sound human, but it said my name clear as day. We were both freaking out, and he suggested maybe it was one of our parents calling for me from the house but it didn't sound like my mom or dad or anyone familiar, it sounded inhuman. And then it happened again, clearer and closer than before, very obviously my name. I have never heard anything like it before or anything since, and it scared the heck out of me. We ran inside and asked both of my parents if they had been calling for me. My dad was asleep, and my mom had been watching TV, so it wasn't either of them. I was shaking and crying at this point, and my brother was so spooked he threw up. To this day, I have no idea what it was, but we have both kind of agreed it was a skinwalker, I don't even want to type it, lol, and we don't talk about it ever. I don't go outside alone at night when I'm home anymore, and even after moving away, I am hesitant to go outside alone at night at all because truly, you never know. While driving on a desolate two-lane highway in the heart of the Ozarks, an eerie encounter unfolded, etching a perplexing image in my memory. The desolation of the surroundings heightened the intensity of the experience. Suddenly, on my left, emerged an inexplicable sight, a creature with fiery red eyes, swiftly navigating the terrain on all fours. As I approached, it continued its frenzied run parallel to the left side of the road, heading straight toward me. The unsettling spectacle left me both intrigued and uneasy. Passing by, I discerned a peculiar detail, approximately 20 to 30 yards beyond the creature, a dog, resembling a majestic Great Pyrenees, gave chase. The dog's pursuit, however, took an unexpected turn as it veered back towards a gravel driveway, leading to a nearby farm that it seemed to be guarding. Regrettably, my observation of the mysterious four-legged creature was limited, offering only a glimpse of its red eyes and a general impression of its brownish-black fur. At first, my mind leaned towards the possibility of encountering a bear due to its size, but a sudden realization struck me, bears were likely hibernating during that season. Perplexed and seeking answers, I reached out to share this enigmatic encounter. The creature, akin to the size of a substantial canine and displaying an unexpected bulkiness, challenged conventional identifications. Its width and dimensions seemed incompatible with the typical stature of a coyote, leaving me puzzled and open to speculation. If anyone has insights or similar experiences, I'm eager to hear your thoughts on this bizarre occurrence. My great-grandfather, a seasoned game warden in the lush terrains of North Carolina, found himself entangled in an enigma during the 1970s. 
A mysterious call summoned him to investigate an unusual discovery. A lifeless creature sprawled on the side of the road near Wilkesboro, North Carolina. The bewildering description painted an image of a hairless, kangaroo-like being measuring a staggering six feet in length. Armed with curiosity and his duty as a game warden, my great-grandfather promptly responded to the call, determined to unveil the secrets behind this cryptic entity. Upon arrival, he was met with an otherworldly sight that defied conventional understanding. Swiftly, he documented the anomaly, capturing its peculiar features through the lens of his camera. These photographs, however, would not remain in his possession for long. Federal agents, shrouded in mystery themselves, confiscated the photographs, leaving my great-grandfather's astonishing discovery to become a part of a clandestine narrative. Unfortunately, before I had the opportunity to delve into the intricacies of this bizarre encounter with him, my great-grandfather passed away, leaving behind a legacy of unanswered questions. To unravel the mystery, I turned to my great-uncle, who had been his occasional accomplice and was present during that particular investigation. From him, I gleaned the fragments of this peculiar tale, intricately woven with the threads of the unexplained. Now, armed with the story and yearning for answers, I reach out to the wider world, curious if anyone could shed light on the identity of this mysterious, six-foot hairless kangaroo-like creature that once graced the landscapes of Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Before recounting my sighting, let me provide some background information. Crosswicks or Chesterfield, New Jersey, is a recognized Revolutionary War battleground with potential supernatural and paranormal significance, as evidenced by a cannonball lodged in an old building. Now, to my recent experience. A few days ago, approximately around 9 p.m., I was returning home from my current job. The night was exceptionally dark, typical of rural areas like Chesterfield, where miles of farmland stretch as far as the eye can see. The lack of visibility at night makes the surroundings appear almost impenetrable. As I navigated the long, dimly lit roadways, something caught my attention. From the wooded side of the road, a massive creature emerged, swiftly crossing into the fields. It was unlike anything I had ever encountered, a creature of immense size, resembling the largest coyote or wolf I'd ever seen, about the size of a doe. Its gaze met mine as it traversed the road, and the intensity of its bright yellow eyes was unforgettable. The creature's coat was a deep, dark shade of brown, and it moved on all fours, radiating an intimidating presence. Baffled and intrigued, I immediately alerted my family about the presence of this unusually large cannon in the area. The mystery deepened as I contemplated what I had witnessed. Could it be a hellhound, a dogman, or perhaps an exceptionally large wolf. The enigma lingered, and I sought answers. Adding another layer to the puzzle, I noted that the surroundings of my family's house, not far from the sighting location and surrounded by woods, had been unusually quiet in the nights following the encounter. The eerie silence only heightened the sense of mystery surrounding the creature. Seeking insights, I turned to this platform in the hope that someone might share similar experiences or possess knowledge about the supernatural occurrences in this historically significant area. The quest for answers continues, 
fueled by the desire to unravel the mysteries of that dark, fateful night in Chesterfield, New Jersey. I've often wondered if anyone else has ever encountered a peculiar sight like the one I witnessed back in 2013 in San Antonio, Texas. It happened at a mall, and what I saw defied explanation. It was around 2013, and I was at a crowded mall in San Antonio, Texas. Amidst the hustle and bustle of shoppers, I noticed a child who seemed to be a curious blend of a human and a monkey. This little boy, about 9 or 10 years old, displayed an extraordinary amount of hair, with light brown locks covering his body. He walked hand in hand with his mother, yet his movements were distinctly different. As they strolled through the mall, the boy exhibited an unusual gait, a blend of limping and jumping, reminiscent of the agile movements of a chimpanzee. To add to the uncanny experience, he emitted grunting sounds, resembling those of an animal. The sight was so unexpected and perplexing that I had to do a double-take, trying to comprehend what I was witnessing. The mall, bustling with activity, made it challenging to observe for an extended period, and I eventually lost sight of them as I had to follow my parents. The encounter left me in awe, and when I mentioned it to my younger sister, who was walking beside me, she confirmed seeing the same inexplicable scene. Despite the passing years, the vivid memory of that encounter has stayed with me. I've often pondered if anyone else has experienced such an anomaly or if there might be an explanation for this unique sighting. The mystery remains, etched in my memory, challenging conventional understanding and prompting me to share this unusual tale with others who might have encountered similar inexplicable sights. When I was around 9 years old, I found myself outside on a misty October night, the clock ticking towards 8 or 9 pm. Despite the late hour, the sky was still touched by the glow of a full moon, or at least almost full, shrouded in a dense cover of clouds. The resulting ambience painted the sky with a peculiar dark brownish-gray hue, a color that, though challenging to describe precisely, many may recognize as that unique blend of darkness and visibility. Engrossed in the simple joy of bouncing on my trampoline, I was blissfully unaware of the extraordinary encounter that awaited me. Suddenly, my attention was arrested by something hurtling towards my house, barely skimming over the treetops. As I looked up, I was confronted by a spectacle beyond imagination a colossal creature with a body reminiscent of a wide beetle fused with the head of a giant squid. The creature's head, oddly small in proportion to its massive body, housed a mysterious and alien presence. Four-pointed tentacles adorned each side of its formidable form, and although lacking traditional wings, it hovered effortlessly over me and my house. Its speed, a deceptive 20 to 30 miles per hour, allowed me to discern the creature's details as it traversed the night sky. A peculiar feature was the pointed ends of its tentacles, visible against the dark silhouette that defined its form. I strained to see its eyes or any intricate features, but all that met my gaze was the enigmatic black shadow that moved silently overhead. Oddly enough, the creature seemed oblivious to my presence, and it didn't instill fear within me. Nevertheless, a sense of caution prompted me to retreat indoors promptly, 
a decision that marked the end of my nighttime adventures for a considerable period. Reflecting on that peculiar night now, I feel as though I narrowly avoided an unforeseen and otherworldly encounter. I wonder, has anyone else witnessed something akin to this? If so, what was your experience like? While my interaction with the creature was fleeting, the memory of that surreal night remains etched in my mind, a mysterious chapter that continues to defy explanation. My friend resides on old native land, and an unsettling phenomenon has become a recurring presence in their life. Every few nights, they're haunted by the eerie sound of heavy breathing just outside their front door. Additionally, there are peculiar tapping noises on the windows of their loft, which is detached from the main house. The loft, with high windows taller than six half feet, offers a vantage point for something to circle the room. In an attempt to ward off whatever is causing these disturbances, my friend has placed a saltwater cross on the inside of her front door. Despite these efforts, the unsettling occurrences persist. One night, she caught a glimpse of the entity responsible, an imposing figure standing at a height of seven to seven half feet. This humanoid being, lanky and enigmatic, stood on two legs and appeared to be draped in a cape or cloak. The unsettling nature of these encounters extends beyond mere visual disturbances. When the breathing sounds commence, my friend experiences bouts of dizziness and nausea. The situation has taken a more disconcerting turn, as she reports that the entity is now humming. This account, unfolding in the context of Washington State, carries an undeniable air of mystery. If anyone has suggestions or insights into what might be transpiring, or if there's any way to identify this enigmatic presence, we would greatly appreciate your input. The combination of native land, paranormal occurrences, and the physical reactions experienced by my friend adds layers to this perplexing and unsettling tale. I spent my childhood in West Jefferson, Ohio, a rural village just west of Columbus. The summer of 2009 marked the time before I entered my freshman year of high school. A favorite pastime for my friends and me was venturing into the woods near the outskirts of the village, close to the old New Hampton Cemetery. To access this secluded area, we would hop the gates and navigate under a barbed wire fence, meticulously cut to allow a low crawl underneath. On one seemingly ordinary day, as I immersed myself in the serene surroundings, a sudden and profound sense of dread washed over me. Without any visible threat, an inexplicable intuition urged me to flee the woods immediately. Strangely, the ambient sounds of nature had ceased, and an eerie silence replaced the usual chirping of birds. Trusting my instincts, I sprinted out of the woods, hastily crawling back under the fence and into the sanctuary of the cemetery where my friend and I had left our bikes. My friend, who had been with me in the woods, ran alongside me in our escape. Upon reaching our bikes, we made a chilling discovery, two ominously glowing yellow orbs, resembling eyes, peering at us from the tree line we had just vacated. The unnerving sight compelled us to pedal home in silence, and an unspoken agreement sealed our lips regarding the peculiar incident. Years later, I find myself still haunted by the question, what could those mysterious yellow orbs have been?
In central Ohio, where we don't typically encounter predators like bears or wolves, the sighting becomes even more perplexing. The eye-level placement rules out the possibility of a coyote. Reflecting on my actions, I now recognize the potential danger in blindly running from the unknown, but at that time, the existence of cryptids wasn't part of my awareness. If anyone can provide insights or help identify the entity represented by those glowing orbs, I would greatly appreciate your input. The incident remains an enigma, etched in my memory as a peculiar and unsettling episode from my teenage years. One time I wasn't able to sleep at night, I don't remember what time it was, but it was late, anyways, I was looking out my bedroom window, where I can see a part of one of the apartment buildings that were in front of our building, then I noticed something come out of the window of an apartment, it was a white figure, with no face, and something on its back, the thing went back in, the next day, I told my friend about it at school, he told me that he once saw a white figure with no face walking in the street at night carrying something that was on fire, we freaked out, and I got goosebumps. This story might not be really creepy, but it's quite interesting. I went out in the desert to look at the stars with a friend one night. I'd gone to this spot just the day before and knew that it was a good location. We got out and I started to feel like something was absolutely wrong. The longer I stayed, the worse it got. I started thinking about the quickest way to get into my car, start it, and get out of there if anything happened. I finally felt so unsettled that I mentioned that something felt wrong to my friend. It turns out that they felt it too and were having a panic attack because of it. We hightailed it out of there. It wasn't until we were 20 minutes away and back in my apartment with the doors locked that we felt safe. I didn't know where else to post this so here it goes. It was around 2.30 to 2.50 am. I had woken up on my couch early because I haven't been feeling the best and I fell asleep on the couch on the living room. After a few minutes of being awake I hear a loud tap sound and what might have been footsteps or the shuffling of feet. A few minutes after hearing those noise I began to hear a low growling sound that repeated for a few minutes. The growling sounded like it was low to the ground almost like whatever was doing it was crouched down or naturally low to the ground maybe two and a half feet tall in a crouching position or how tall it was. I've had other weird experiences recently before this moment such as a banging on my window or a feeling of being watched around a window at night sometimes. <laughs>